morning there we go praise the lord it's good to see you out this morning on this nice warm toasty morning maybe that's not today this nice cold cool morning hey if you think it's cold today uh wait till thursday it might get a little cool i was watching a football game in buffalo last night and most of the game they kept talking about we hadn't got the snow yet but it's coming and that fourth quarter man it just it started falling so uh, that's kind of how I feel right now. It's cold, but it, it may be worse coming. So, but uh, let's just remember that in our prayers this week that, that everybody's okay. I, the last deal I saw said three degrees, and so that's pretty cold. So let's just pray that everybody stays warm and, and uh, that it, uh, no one has any major issues through that. But we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to worship the Lord, and, and uh, we're going to just, just seek the Lord this morning in our service. And so if you're a visitor, uh, we welcome you. If you're home folk, we welcome you. If, if you're just here, we welcome you because we want, we're glad you're here this morning. A couple of announcements. Next Sunday morning, our schedule is, is this. Next Sunday morning is Christmas morning. And so we will not have Sunday school. We will have a morning service at 1030 and no evening service. So the only service we'll have next Sunday on Christmas is the Sunday morning 1030 worship service. And so come out, invite somebody to come with you and spend Christmas Day worshiping the reason that we have Christmas Day, and that's the birth of Jesus, our Savior. And so we'll have a good time fellowshipping and worshiping there. Also, the youth are still selling calendars uh, out in the foyer. They're $10 each. We've got a couple weeks till they're, till they're ready and started. Uh, if, if you have a hard time remembering dates, there you go by your calendar you can write it down on it and we we talked about whether people still use wall calendars i said well yeah what else would you put your your swan's truck visit and stuff like that on your dentist visits and you know you get them stickers and everything and so but but they also make great gifts but they're ten dollars they help our kids to go to camp this summer we're starting a little early because camp camp like everything else keeps going up in price and and it's not it's not their fault it's just what it is because of the, they have to pay for food and everything. And so the more they have to spend, the more they have to charge. And so uh, we're trying to make sure our kids get to go to camp this summer and, and it be as easy as it can be on the parents. Some parents won't let their kids go because they can't afford it. And I don't like that. I want all our kids to be able to go whether they can afford it or not. And so uh, grab a calendar or two or three and give one to somebody for a gift 
or just hang them around your house. They they have scriptures on them and they're they're beautiful calendars. So uh, we appreciate you uh, helping us out in that area. Why don't we stand this morning? Let's just open our service with worship to our Lord this morning. Let's just worship together this morning in our own words. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you this morning as we've come into your house once again. Lord, it's cold outside, but it's warm in here because your Holy Spirit's here. Lord, your presence is in this place, and we pray this morning, God, warm us. God, with the burning fire of the Holy Spirit this morning, God, fill our hearts, fill our souls. God, fill us completely with your power, your strength, Lord, of the Holy Spirit. Today, we pray that you would move and stir today like never before. God, we praise you because we know that you're here. Lord, we praise you because we know you have a great word, that you have a great thing in store for us, God. And we love you this morning. We just lift you up and exalt you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
for that joy, God. That unspeakable joy, Lord. It's unexplainable, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plain.
this morning. Just continue to worship. Let's just stay in this presence right now. powerful word hallelujah sometimes that's all we can say is just hallelujah praise God and the Holy Spirit is here this morning if you have a need this morning this is the time if you have a need why don't you just lift your hand up this morning doesn't matter what it is no matter how big or small there's one over here anybody else there's some back there if somebody raise their hand to you why don't you just reach over and lay a hand on their shoulder Let's take those needs to the Lord right now. Let's just pray for each other right now. There's one over here. Somebody reach out over here. Hallelujah. God is a God that heals. God is a God that delivers. We believe that God can move no matter how great or small. Let's just go before him right now. If you have a need, just lift your hand up. Somebody reach over and lay your hand on you. Lord, we love you. 
Lord, we just reach out to you this morning in this spirit of worship, in this spirit, this attitude of prayer. And we pray right now, God, that you begin to allow your Holy Spirit to begin to send healing. God, to send deliverance. God, to send restoration. God, whatever the need is, no matter how great or small, we pray right now, God, that you just begin to move. Lord, your word says that if we'll cry out to you, God, you will answer us. God, it says if we seek you, we'll find you. God, and you, you stand so, we stand on those promises because you've never failed us, God. And we pray right now in your name, in the name of Jesus, that you would move right now, God. That you would touch these needs, Father. Touch these needs, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for the answer to prayer. We thank you right now as the answer is on its way, God. We give you glory for what you're doing right now in the name of Jesus, God. We love you and we thank you and we worship you right now for all that you do. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, it's so wonderful to feel the presence of the Lord. Isn't that what the Bible says? If we'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. You, you can be seated. That's what the Bible says. As we cried and worshiped to him, he's going to come. I, I truly believe that when we begin to worship the Lord, when we begin to sing his praises, I believe that, you know, in, in heaven there's the angels and they sing praises to him every day. But I believe when he hears his people who are still here on earth, we're, we're going through it. The angels got it made. They're up there in heaven. I believe when we cry out and worship to him, I believe God says, shh, I hear worship from the earth. I believe it gets his attention. Amen. We cry hallelujah to him. Hallelujah. You are holy. I believe it grabs his attention. And the Lord says, you can ask anything in my name and it will be done. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. If our ushers will come, we're going to give back to God. We've given our worship. We're going to give back the blessing, part of the blessing that he's blessed us with financially. We appreciate your giving. Hallelujah. Randy, would you pray over the offering this morning? much of your time this morning. It's good to be in God's presence. Uh, we just want to take a little bit of time this morning, this Christmas season, to honor our staff, Brother Chasen and Sister Julie. If y'all want to come forward, we have a little gift for you from the church, just to show our appreciation of all that you do here. You can stay up here too, Joe. <laughs> 
That's the spirit of Christmas, huh? Jason, this is for you and Jill. And we appreciate you. Julie, enjoy. Appreciate all y'all do. And I would like to remind everybody that tonight after the service, following the service, there will be an election. And uh, so if you are a voting member, please be here. It's important that you're here. Uh, we need everybody to participate and uh, just encourage you to be here and express your vote. And if you're not here, don't call us complaining tomorrow. <laughs> so, no, we just want everybody to be, even if you're not a member, please be here. If you call this your home church, be here and be a part of this. And that's all. Amen. Thanks, Merle. Thank you, guys. We appreciate that so much. My wife is not that old, but I, you know, thought I'd help her up the stairs anyway. Seemed like the gentlemanly thing to do. It is Christmas, and I, I am expecting a gift, so. <laughs> Amen. Take, take some time this afternoon, and uh, I, I'm going to speak to you as the youth pastor of the church right now. Take some time this afternoon and pray Amen. for tonight. Uh, it's awkward for me to stand up here and say that because I know that you're voting on me, but uh, Jill and I have been here nearly four years as youth pastors, and we know how important this is. Uh, whether you vote us in or we don't vote us in, it's important to the church. And so take some time this afternoon, and, and, and I know you've been praying. We've been praying for a few months now, but spend, spend a time in prayer because we want God's will. Yeah. Uh, God has called us to minister in whatever capacity. But we want to be in the right capacity that God wants us to be in. And so be sure and take some time this afternoon and, and spend some time in prayer. Dallas plays at noon, so they'll be done about 3. So after you can begin praying at 3 until 6 or until you leave to come to church. It may start praying for Dallas before 3. Well, you know, it depends on how the game goes. But, but, uh, but be sure and, and, and say a prayer today and, and spend some time uh, that the right decision is made tonight. We love you guys and appreciate you guys. Thank you for the card that Jill has and I'll never see again. That's how it works. You know, he didn't say Jill, Jason and Jill. He said, you know, Julie. And then Jill, she's like, there's, there's a card. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Um, turn over to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. I've got a few scriptures we're going to look at today. I've, uh, most of them should be on the screen uh, if, if they're not, um, you know, Bibles, sometimes you can find them real quick and easy. My pages stick together in this one and it doesn't have tabs, but some of them have tabs, but man, if you pull out your phone and put that Bible app on there, you can, do, you can go right to it. Matter of fact, you can speak it to the phone and it'll pull it up for you. It's amazing what you can do today. Proverbs chapter eight, verse 35 says, for those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. Let me read it again. It says, for those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, Lord, we come before you as we look to your word. Lord, I pray right now that you would just let your Holy Spirit speak. Lord, that this would be your word, not mine. Lord, that your will would be done, not mine today. Lord, and I pray that you would just move in a mighty way, Lord, as we speak about your favor and what you have for us. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I feel like it's, it's, we're one week from Christmas 
And I, yesterday, Jill and I, the kids were at grandma's, and so we were, we were wrapping some presents. You know, we've had we, a pathway and walk through our room because we had the presents in there. And so it's been a challenge the past couple of weeks as it seems like more and more boxes appear on the porch. I don't know about your house, but at my house, it seems like they just, every day I come home and there's a box on the porch. Some are small, some are little. Sometimes there's multiple boxes on the porch. And so, but they just get put in our room until we can wrap them with, when the kids aren't there to see them. And so... We spent all day yesterday. I've got paper cuts, blisters. Um, I'm telling you, I was so sore from sitting there wrapping. I have wrapped a thousand gifts. Well, not really. I told Jill, I said, next year, one gift per person. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. And then that way we just have to wrap one per person. And, uh, but no, we, we, I, I love my kids. I, lo I love uh, on Christmas morning. You know, they may all cost a dollar each, but they're going to get a bunch of gifts to have to open. <laughs> I love the look on their face when they get excited because there's a big pile of gifts with their name on it. And then when they start opening them, they're like, oh, a slinky. Oh, a gumball. And, and after about 20 gumballs, they start looking for the gumball machine. But no. We, 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 we treat our kids well. They're spooled compared to, I, I think at the party the night, the men's and women's party, we were talking about your favorite gift. And some had some nice gifts when they were kids. Some, had, some didn't quite have nice gifts. We, uh, some hand-me-downs. I've, I've received hand-me-downs as a kid, some, but we also got some new stuff. And so it's, it was a great night. I love doing it with our kids. And uh, this year we've changed our method a little bit because we have, uh, of course, Ethan is the only boy but we have the three girls and they're really competitive. And so they get under the tree and they begin looking to see how many gifts they have and how, who has the biggest gift. And then they start comparing to each other. Well, I've only got, you know, three and you've got six already, you know, and they, as, as we wrap them and put them under there, they start looking. So we changed it a little bit this year and we started putting, uh, we, we disguised the names. We put false names on them. And I hope I can remember which one is which name. <laughs> But we did that so when they go look at the gifts, they don't know whose is who. Now, obviously, Ethan's is because we put boy names on his. And, and Jill said, why don't you just put Ethan? I said, because it's not fair. It's not fun. So we put a boy. We actually put princesses. And for Ethan, we put superheroes. And so they don't know which princess or princesses they are. And so until Christmas morning. And then I hope I remember where I wrote it down. <laughs> but our kids... They're so thankful that they don't get gifts based on their behavior. We've got that little elf that sits on a shelf. I wish that's all he did was sit on a shelf, but we move him around. It's kind of the, it's a neat thing. We have a couple little, little kids still in our house that still enjoy getting up and searching for the elf every day. And, and you know, the story behind that is that he's watching and he's going to report back and you have to behave. And, and sometimes they get in an argument or a fight at the house. And I say, uh-uh, look right over there, you, you know. You're being watched, and the spy's over there. He's spying on you. And so, but aren't you glad that, that we, you didn't get gifts based on your behavior? I know my kids certainly are, because I don't know where to buy a lump of coal, but I could find it. I do know where I can get some switches, but when I was a kid, I always got a switch just, just for, I got gifts, but there was usually a switch laying around somewhere. We had one of those weeping willow trees, and them things make some pretty good switches, and it was the kind of thing where you get to go out and pick a switch, and if you don't pick a good enough when you get, you get it used on you, and you go back and pick another one until you get the right one. And I learned right away which one was the right one, so I didn't have to keep going back. But our kids, they're, they're so blessed because 
if we gave Christmas gifts based on their merit or their good behavior versus not getting gifts based on their bad behavior, it, it would probably even out, but it would mean there probably wouldn't be very many gifts under the tree and I would not have wasted my thumbs wrapping <laughs> gifts all day yesterday. But you see, my kids receive our favor because even though they may not deserve a, a gift, a tree full of gifts, because of their behavior, we, we love them and we want to bless them. And Christmas is that wonderful time of year when it excites me to get up and watch them open their presents because that gets theirs out of the way and then I can open mine. But our kids receive our favor and favor is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the favor of the Lord. And just like our kids receive our favor, we receive favor from the Lord. Now, I said our kids receive favor. Some people don't, may not fully understand what I mean by favor. Uh, but I said my kids receive, my son, uh, he, people say he favors you. He looks like you. He looked like pictures of me when I was his age. And, and they, they, poor Lily, they say she looks like me too. And I, I, I don't like people say that because, you know, she's such a cute little girl and I'm an ugly man. But they say they favor me. They have my eyes or they have my, my nose or they have, uh, they, they have, you know, a feature about me. They favor us. But that, that's not exactly the favor I'm talking about. Others say you favor your dad. You got the same attitude as your dad. Or you favor your mom. You got the same, you know, wonderful, sweet presence that your mom has. But that's not exactly the same favor that I'm talking about here as well. My kids, ever, all the time, not just every year, but all the time, usually, you know, they want to know who's your favorite kid. There's one in particular, she asks me all the time, I'm your favorite, right? And I say, today, right now, standing in front of me, you're my favorite. But when the rest of them come in here, you know, but our kids always want to know our favorite. How many of you, 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 you want to know, you know, uh, which, which one of you was your parents' favorite? And I asked my mom and she, she, she never has told me that I was her favorite because I'm afraid she wouldn't, the other kids wouldn't like it, but they won't admit it. And I tell my kids that I don't favor them any more than the others, that I don't have a favorite kid. I say, you're all my favorites. Even the ones that weren't born as my kids, they're all my favorite kids. I love each of them evenly, that I don't favor one over the other. But it's, that's not 100% true. And, and I want to share that with you here because I want you, I'm trying to set this up of what the favor of the Lord is and how the favor of the Lord works. I say my kids are all equal. I don't favor any of them over the others, but that's not true. I do favor one of my kids more than the other. Now, I'm not saying that they're my favorite, but they do get a little bit of favor sometimes. And, and that's, that's Ethan. The kids will admit it. Matter of fact, they say he's my favorite, but he's not my favorite. Because to say that he's my favorite means that the rest are less than him. And that's not, that's not it. And that's, I want you to understand it today. Receiving favor does not make you better or the favorite. It doesn't mean that everyone else is less than you. And I'll, I'll, I'm using Ethan as an example. I favor Ethan. And I tell the kids this because they get, well, you just do stuff with Ethan all the time. No, no, it's the exact opposite. You see, when I go out and I start raking leaves, the kids disappear. <laughs> Except Ethan, sometimes. When, I, when I've got to fix a hole in the fence or I've got to work on something, the other kids don't want to have anything to do with it. When it comes time to clean that pool, man, you, they'll get out of that pool quicker than ever. 
But Ethan likes to help with me. He likes to help me. He likes to work with me. He'll come out and he'll, he'll do things with me. When I go out and I have to mow or, or weed eat, he'll say, can I help? Or he'll, he'll come and he'll help do things. And so he receives favor in that area. Now, if I ask the other kids, let's go rake leaves, like I said, they disappear. And then I have to say, where are y'all at? We're going to rake leaves. And all of a sudden, boy, grandma's their best friend or they want to go to somebody else's house. Oh, well, I, I'm not feeling well. I've, I've got, you know, I've got a headache or my hand quit working. It, I can't, it's not working. I don't. I... And so the one that says, I'll go help you, he receives a little bit of favor there. Does that make him better than the rest? No. But it means when I get hungry and I decide to go to Burger King and get a burger, guess who's going with me? I don't know where the other kids are. <laughs> Haven't seen them all day. But all of a sudden, they want to go to Burger King too. And I'm like, wait a minute. I I've been asking y'all to help me for all day long. Where you been? Well, we, we had the, the, well, I think me and Ethan are going to go to Burger King because he's out here. And he receives favor. And so I want you to understand that. I, I don't... I don't treat him better than the rest, but because when I need to do something and he's willing to help me and the others say, I don't want to do that. Now that's not true. My kids are not horrible. I don't want you to think I'm up here saying that all the rest of them, that the girls are horrible. They're not. And they do help me. But the difference in Ethan favor get that he gets is because he, he asks for it. He seeks it. And now I don't know if he actually seeks my favor or even wants it because it doesn't do a lot for him. I'm not a millionaire that I'm going to leave, a, you know, a fortune to or something. You know, sometimes we, we hear about people, oh, they're just, they're just, you know, doing things to receive something. And that's not how the favor of the Lord works either. And so, you know, I don't think Ethan seeks my favor because one day he'll get my Jeep because he's got a Jeep. I don't think he's doing it because one day he wants a pair of shoes because he can't fit in my shoes. And he knows I don't have any money to give him. See, he does it because he likes spending time with me. And because of that, he receives a little bit of favor that the others may not receive. Now, if, if Skylie's sitting here, I'll use her. If she comes out and says, hey, let's go rake some leaves because the yard is covered up. Or, you know, I'll help you clean the pool out. Or I'll, then she's going to receive a little favor. And, 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 and that's how it works. And so today I want to talk about God's favor. The favor of the Lord. And, and I want you to understand this because I haven't heard anyone speak on this in a while, but, but God gives us favor. And I don't, and again, I don't want you to confuse that with saying, well, they're just God's favorite. But sometimes we look at people and we say, man, it seems like everything they do, it, it, it works out. It balances out. It seems like no matter what they go through, they always have peace. No matter how hard things get for them, it always seems to work out. That's because they've received favor from the Lord. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. God's favor <clears throat> refers to goodness and blessing that he shows to us. God's favor is based on his sovereignty. Listen, it's not based on how many times you go to church. It's not based on how much you give to the church. It's not based on how hard you work in the church. It's based on his sovereignty. Nothing we could do could earn salvation. Nothing we could ever do could earn his grace. And nothing we could ever do could earn his favor. It's based on him because it's who he is. Yeah. See, I can give my kids rewards for doing good things based on what they do. But if I'm not a good person, I would never do that. God gives us his love and his grace and his favor because that's who he is. And that's what he wants to do. God's favor is based on his sovereignty for he is under no compulsion to act. But he does so according to his good pleasure. He does it freely from the bounty of his goodness. It's not, it's not from us. 
but it only comes through him because of who he is. Here's a few people in the Bible that found favor in the Lord. Uh, Noah in Genesis chapter six found favor in the eyes of the Lord and God saved him and his family. He chose them out of everyone on earth. I don't know the number of how many was on earth at that time, but God chose Noah because he found favor in Noah. Again, it wasn't because Noah did such great things, but he feared the Lord, he worshiped the Lord and God found Noah, uh, found favor in Noah. Abraham found favor with God in Genesis chapter 18. God promised him a son. We know that God had promised uh, that he would make a great nation out of Abraham's descendants. And, but God found Ab uh, favor with Abraham, even though he was too old and his wife were too old to have kids, God found favor and promised him a son. Joseph is a story that's full of God's favor. There's many examples and I had written them all down and I, and I took them back off because I didn't want to, I didn't want to focus just on Joseph, but just a couple of examples of God's favor to Joseph. You know, uh, God, uh, Joseph was, uh, Jacob's favorite son. He found favor with him. And, and I don't know if that translated into what the Lord found favor with, but when he was sold into slavery by his brothers in ex, uh, Genesis 37, uh, they took him, he was sold into a man named Potiphar. And even in slavery in Genesis 39 two, it says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. The Lord found favor with Joseph and Potiphar promoted him over his entire house. He was, I guess the top slave. He was still a slave, but because he was faithful, God gave him favor. Later, when Joseph was betrayed by Potiphar's wife, he was sent to prison. And in Genesis 20, uh, 39, 21, it says, even there, the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in sight of the chief jailer. See, I don't know that Joseph was one of those guys that ran around doing everything to, to, to be promoted. I don't believe that. I believe it was the favor of the Lord. Matter of fact, the word says it was the favor of the Lord that promoted him. Again, it wasn't Joseph, it was God's sovereignty. Yeah. It was God's goodness that promoted Joseph to be, uh, he was basically in charge of the jail. Yeah. I mean, it made the jailer's job easy because he didn't have to run around worrying about things. If there was a leak, Joseph took care of it. If there was a, a, you know, something happening, Joseph took care of it because he had favor of the Lord. And then we know, we know even later that when he went before the king, God showed him favor or the Potiphar, God showed him favor and Potiphar put him in charge of the entire land. The Bible says uh, that he says, no one except my throne will have more authority than Joseph. In other words, the Pharaoh was the only one that had more authority than Joseph. Joseph was not Egyptian. Joseph was a Hebrew. And yet he was promoted to second in command of all of Egypt because of the favor of the Lord. Again, not because of what Joseph did but because of God's sovereignty, because of God's goodness. Um, later in the Bible, in, in uh, Exodus chapter three, God called his people out of Egypt and, and sent the plagues and they were set free. God showed them favor. In Exodus 3, 20 and 21 says, I will grant these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall be that when you go, you will not leave empty handed. And it continues on. It says, now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have their request and they plundered the Egyptians in, in Exodus chapter 12. Yeah. So when the, or when the Hebrews were set free, listen to this, they'd been slaves for over 400 years. 
they had been looked down on by the Egyptians. The Egyptians had long forgotten about Joseph and how he had saved them from the famine. And 400 years they had been slaves. The Bible says that Pharaoh got to looking at them and saying, these Hebrews are going to outnumber us. And it all went back to Joseph. That's why they were there to begin with. And the, the Egyptians had forgotten all about it. And so for 400 years, the Egyptians had made the, the Hebrew slaves. And after the 10 plagues, God says, I'll show you favor in the Egyptians' eyes that when you leave, you don't have to fight them. You don't have to conquer them. You don't have to do anything to them except ask them for silver, for gold, for clothing, for food, for anything that you need. And so as they were walking out, they went to their masters that they had served for 400 years. And they went, and listen, I would have went to the big house. <laughs> if I'm going to ask for your silver and gold, I don't want the, the, you know, the small shack over there. I want the big house. And they walked up to the big house and they said, the Lord said to ask you for some money, for some silver, for some gold. We need some clothes. We're about to go on a, a great trip and we need some help. And, and said that God gave them favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And the Egyptians didn't fight with them, didn't argue with them. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going to the bank and saying, hey, can I have a loan for a million dollars? Why do you need a loan? Well, <clears throat> I'm going on vacation. <laughs> the banker would not say, oh, sure, let me sign off on that. I, I want to buy a new house. Do you have a job? Well, you know, I work, you know, I got a minimum wage job. They would not sign off on that. But can you imagine people who were slaves going to people who were wealthy? Maybe they weren't all wealthy, but at least they had something. And they said, Can, the Lord told me to ask you for money, ask you for silver, ask you for clothing, to ask you for these things. And the Egyptians willingly handed it over to them and said, please take this, please. Because they had, they had received favor from the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something. Today, God will still give you favor. God's favor is still there. God gave Jesus favor. He said, because of the sacrifice that you've made, because of what you've done, you will sit on my right hand. It is reserved for this whom I found favor in because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Listen, how many of you would give up your life for a bunch of dirty, rotten, no good sinners? That's pretty much what it come down to. We, we think Jesus gave up his life for the church. Listen, if they were holy, they didn't need Jesus to come. Jesus gave up his life for the ones who spit on him, for mocked him, beat him. Even today, those who curse his name is the ones that Jesus gave his life up for. Because of that, God gave him favor. Jesus received favor. And I want to tell you something. The favor of the Lord is still alive today. It is still strong today. It's still powerful today. And I know some of you may be asking, how do I find that favor? Because it doesn't seem like that favor. And I want to share with you. The favor of the Lord is not, doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy. Doesn't mean you're going to be rich. Listen, they didn't take Egypt. God didn't give them Pharaoh's, uh, whatever, kingdom. No, they were going out in the wilderness. They were going to live in a tent. They might not have known it, but they were about to eat some nasty food for a while. God, maybe God made it taste good, but manna, if you look up the translation of the word manna, it simply means, what is it? Listen, I, I've, I've sat down to some food before and said, what is this? But every single day, and not only that, they'd pick it up off the ground. It, you know, God did not walk them into, now they were on their way to the promised land. 
But God did not instantly give them riches, but he showed them favor. Even as they were traveling through the wilderness, God showed them favor. And when they were attacked, God delivered them. Many times, and I love this. I love this about God that when they were attacked, many times they didn't have to shed one drop of blood. The enemy was defeated. One time in particular, the enemy come over the hill and they saw that um, the, the, the army had, or they had dug ditches. This is in um, uh Second Kings three, I believe they had dug ditches and the and the water had filled up to bless them. The enemy come over, saw the water, thought it was blood, and came in, and they were defeated. Many times that they didn't even have to raise a sword. Many times they didn't have to do anything because of the favor of the Lord. God protected them. God took care of them, and God will still do that today. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Second Chronicles sixteen and nine says, for the, Lord, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. And then it says, but it says, the Lord, uh, for the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He is searching for people who are loyal to him. He's searching for people to show them favor. Man, that's powerful. God is searching for you to show you favor. How do I receive that favor? Isaiah 66, 2 says, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. See, again, it's not an action that you can perform. You can become someone's favorite person by doing a lot of things for them. But the Lord says, these are the ones that I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite with spirit. Man, it, you know, the example that Jesus gave of the man who stood up and prayed in front of everyone, look at me and I give all this and I do all this and I'm not this poor man over here who does nothing for the church or does nothing for anyone else. And yet that poor man sat over there and just simply prayed to the Lord, Lord, I'm no one to be used by you. I have nothing to have to give to you, but Lord, I need you. Right. If, you want hum if you want to receive favor from the Lord, it says right there, those who are humble, those who seek him. There's three things this morning I want to share with you to receive favor from the Lord. Number one, and, and, and I have scriptures for each of these. Number one is to fear the Lord. We all know the story, the story of Job. Job was just a simple man on earth. And if you look in, in the book of Job, you begin reading it. It says in verse one, there was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity, he feared the Lord and he stayed away from evil. And we read the story and it talks about how that Satan was roaming the earth. He came into heaven. I, I didn't know that Satan was allowed in heaven anymore, but apparently he could go and he could talk to the Lord. And so uh, he came before the Lord and the Lord said, what have you been doing? Where have you been at? In other words, what you been up to? Been up to trouble? And he says, I was just walking around the earth looking at things, overseeing things, because that's where, you know, God had sent him to. And so... Uh, God began to brag. Listen, the scripture said he searches the earth. God began to brag on Job. Have you seen my servant Job? He's a man of integrity. He fears me. He steers away from evil. If you read the story, it says that daily he prays for his children in case they have committed offenses against the Lord. He prays for their forgiveness. He lifts up his family before you every day to make sure that not only is he correct, but his kids are correct. Because he doesn't want to see them perish. He doesn't want to see them harmed. He wants to see God's favor in their life. And because of that, 
God had blessed him with great riches and great lands and great, uh, a lot of livestock and, 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 and many children and grandchildren. And God had really blessed him. And of course, Satan said, well, yeah, if you give me all that, I'll follow you too. But we read the whole story of Job. We find out that's not why God had shown him favor. He received those things because of the favor of the Lord. The reason that Job received those things is as it says in verse number one, he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared the Lord and he stayed away from evil. You want to receive favor from the Lord? You have to fear the Lord. Now, we go into great debate on what it means to fear the Lord. I believe to fear the Lord means to respect him, to have reverence for him. I believe so many times we, we, we get that impression and the world gets that impression that to fear the Lord means you have to cower in fear of him. That's not what he means. My kids, they fear me, but they don't, have, they don't cower in fear. They see my wrath every now and then when they act up or they, especially when they yell back at me. Listen, we can have a calm discussion about what you're doing, but you start screaming at me, then you, my temper is going to come out because I'm not perfect. I have a temper as well, and when their temper flares, my temper flares, and guess what? I'm a lot bigger than them, and I've got the power. But my kids don't fear me, have fear that I'm going to beat them or lock them in the room. Jill won't let me. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that again. But they fear me because they know that I have the power to give them and bless them or to take away. I'll tell you, this right here is one of the best, the best things of punishment that we have for our children today. I have the power to give and I have the power to taketh away. And sometimes taking it away is more than getting a paddling or getting grounded or all the yelling in the world we could do. Hey, okay, hand me your phone. Oh, I'm so sorry. Please don't take my phone. Please don't take my phone. They don't live in fear, but fear they respect. They respect me knowing that I have the power and the authority and, and, and their mom has the power and authority that we can help them. We can make their day greater. We can make their day horrible. Listen, that's the fear of the Lord. I live in fear of the Lord, not that I cower before him or I'm so afraid of what he's going to do to me. I live in fear and respect of the Lord because I know that each and every day I need the Lord in each and everything that I do. When I wake up in the morning, I need the Lord to bless me and I need the Lord to breathe life into me. And as I go out the day, I need the Lord because I know there's a lot of people out there that are out to get me. They may not be intentionally, but those people that are driving down the road like this. This is how they're driving. You've seen them. It scared me to death. I was going to Medill last weekend, last Friday, a week ago, and I stopped at the light in front of the, the lake store. It's at full way stops, got the lights. And I was in the left-hand lane. There was a car beside me in the right-hand lane. And I got there before them, so I took off, and they sat there. And I looked in my rearview mirror, and a semi-truck come up behind them, did not stop, swerved off on the side of the, on the, the shoulder, and went around them, ran the red light through the intersection. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, that they at least saw enough time ahead that they didn't hit that car. It would have destroyed that car and everybody in it. I fear the Lord because I need him to protect me from that. I fear the Lord because when I get sick, I need him to heal me. I fear the Lord because I need him to bless me. Because without him, I wouldn't have anything. That's why I fear the Lord. 
And it's not a fear of, I'm so scared every day. I wake up in fear that he's going to smite me or destroy me. See, so many people have that perception, and that's not right. That's not my God. And I, and I know we get the, the exact opposite. God is so God of love. He would never do anything. Yes, we do need to respect and fear the Lord and live according to his ways and his word. Because if we get out of his way, his will, we get out of his protection. It, some bad things could happen to us because there is someone out there trying to destroy us. But I respect the Lord and I need him every day. And so to receive his favor, I have to fear the Lord as Job did. I also like that it says of Job that he was blameless. That's important that we live blameless lives. Listen, there's so many times we can get blamed for so much because of what we do wrong. Job decided, you know what, I'm just going to live a life where no matter what they say, I know it's not true. No matter what happens, I, I'm, I know I'm in the right. That was, that's called integrity which is the next thing he said about him. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. How many people do you work with? Could you say they're a man or a woman of integrity? How many of you work with someone that would say that of you? They're complete integrity. Listen, I worked in a sawmill once upon a time. I, don't, I, I would not recommend it. It was not a fun job, but it was a necessity at the time. And I worked, I, I, I had my station where we stacked the wood, and there was another station down where it was a trash bin, and he sat there and pushed the, the easiest job there, pushed the button, opened up and closed, he sat in a chair, pushed the button, opened and closed that trash bin so the trash would go down to the trash deal and the good wood would go by. And, it, and, and this man had such a foul mouth on him. I would never say he was a man of integrity because every time we shut down for some reason, every time something got messed up on the line and it wasn't me or him, you know, it was a different station and they went to work and to, to fix it. And, and we were supposed to grab a broom and start sweeping up basically the sunflower seeds we were spitting while we were standing there running our machines. This man would go, come here. And, and I got to where I didn't want to walk down there because I knew what was going to come out of his mouth and it was going to be pure filth. And I didn't want to listen to it. And so I'd kind of get busy where I didn't act like I could hear him. I'd push my earplugs in a little bit further so I couldn't hear him hollering at me. And I'd, I'd peek to make sure he wasn't, you know, hurt or something. But I knew what was coming out. Man, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be a person that someone ignores or goes out of their way to get away from me because of who I am. I want to be someone that has so much integrity, someone that's so blameless that, man, people seek me out and say, yes. That's a person I want to be around. That's a person I know that I can be around and not have to listen to that filth. That's a person I know I can be around that's going to not only be uplifting, but is going to uplift others. And it's going to help me. See, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so should we should each other. That's who I want to be around. And that's who the person that Job was. And I believe because of that, God showed him favor. Satan didn't understand that because he don't understand integrity. He doesn't understand fear of the Lord. He doesn't understand that. All he knows is deceit. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's all he understands. And so in his eyes, God blessed Job, and that's why he was so good. And so he said, I'll take it all away. And, and the Lord eventually let him take all of it away. Except for one thing. Now, I'm not preaching on it, but it was his wife. That was all he left. That's a whole other sermon right there. Why did, God, why did Satan leave Job's wife? But he took everything from him, and he still was a man of integrity. He still was blameless. He still feared the Lord and did what was right and stayed away from you. Even though his wife and his friends said, curse God and die. 
He says, I will not. He questioned it, but he never cursed God. And he never gave into it. And because of that, God showed him favor once again, multiplied everything he had. I mean, that's, that's awesome. God allowed it to be taken from him. Sometimes we don't understand why God allows things to happen. But I promise you, if you fear the Lord and you stay with the Lord, he will show you favor and he'll multiply what was taken from you. And you'll receive more blessings than you ever could have even dreamed about. So the first thing, fear the Lord. The second thing, know the ways of the Lord. In Exodus 33, 13 says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. This is talking to the Lord. If you're pleased with me, Lord, teach me your ways so that I can know you more. Man, that should be our prayer every day. Lord, help me to know you more. Help me to know you more so that I can find favor with you. Listen, I use my kids, for example, I'll, I'll continue on that. When I ask my kids to do something at the house, a chore, we have chores in our house. I don't know how many kids still have chores. I talk about it in youth and they're like, I don't know what that means. I grew up doing chores. We had a chore list and we had to be done when mama got home or it was trouble. So, you know, we knew what time mama was coming home and we knew, you know, we got five minutes. We got all these clothes to fold. That was some speed folding her or, you know, sweeping that floor, vacuuming. You know, that was a lot. We, we, we could do it. We knew exactly how long it took us to vacuum that house or to, to, to do whatever. So we could wait to the last minute. But I, I believe in chores. I believe, our, I believe we teach our kids how to do chores. So when they go out and get a job and they ask them to do something, they know how to do it. Or they know how to react to that. Because some kids go out and get a job and they don't have a clue because they've never been told to do anything in their life and held responsible for doing it. And they go out and get a job and man, they're just clueless and they can't keep a job. And then all we hear is we can't find good workers anymore. I believe it begins at home. And so I teach my kids to do chores. Now, my kids have to listen to me because if they don't, they don't do it right. Now, one of my kids, I need a drink. I'm spitting everywhere. One of my kids told me that they watched a movie, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. That's it. And in that movie, the older brother said, don't do it right. Because if you don't do it right, dad'll just get mad and do it himself. Then you won't have to do it. And I said, hmm, that don't work at our house, does it? And she said, no, because if we don't do it right, we do it again and again and again and again. There's been times I've been like, uh, come on back. Or, you know, and I, and I love it when the clothes get to our room and we're like, this is not mine. I couldn't fit. In, if I could fit in these jeans, I'd be happy. These got to be Ethan's jeans. And I'm like, do it again. And we make a pile. We send them back. Resort them. They're not right. But I teach them. And they have learned that if they listen to the teaching and they do it right, then they receive favor. Because the TV don't come on until the homework and the chores are done. It's just that simple. The phones get put up until the homework and the chores are done. Now, some of you, you boy, that's mean. And, and I, the, some of the teenagers said that to me. Man, you're sure mean. I'm glad I don't live in your house. Yeah, but you don't understand the favor that they receive because they do this. I'm not rich. I don't give them riches. But sometimes the kids are like, man, you, you're, I wish I lived at your house because I like what you do. I like how you treat your Yeah, they receive favor because they learn from what I've taught them. And the Lord, what Moses is saying here, he says, teach me your way so that I can know you so I can receive favor from you. 
Man, that ought to be our prayer. God, teach me your ways because I know your ways are in here. Lord, teach me your ways. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is coming to help you remember what I've taught you. Lord, let the Holy Spirit come in me every day so he can continue to teach me your ways, God, so that I can walk in the ways of the Lord and I can receive favor. I don't want to do my way. My way doesn't get anything. Lord, teach me your ways. The third thing is to seek his righteousness. I love this verse in Matthew 6, that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, in Matthew 6, he'd been talking about all the things that God will bless. He'll provide clothing. If he clothes the flowers in the field, why would he leave you with nothing? If he feeds the birds, the wild birds that fly around and make a mess of your car, why would he feed them and not feed you? But then he closes, he wraps it all up and he says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then he says, all this stuff will be added unto you. That's favor. When we seek God's righteousness in our lives, now some people say, well, that just means go to church and pray. That's not what it means. It means that in everything that you do, pull out that old WWJD bracelet and say, what would Jesus do? We talked about that Wednesday night in youth. I pull that out every now and then. What would Jesus do? I seek his righteousness in everything I do. When I have a business dealing, Am I doing it dirty or am I seeking righteousness of God? To, when, I, when I deal with my family and my kids, am I doing it through the righteousness of God? Listen, I may yell at them every now and then, but don't forget Jesus formed a whip and turned the tables over. I have to remind them of that every now and then. I'm following, I just, what would Jesus do? That's not out of the question, I guess, but we have to seek his righteousness. Too many people think, well, that just means ask prayers. Seek, his, seek you first the kingdom of God. I pray about it, and then I don't know what to do. Seek his righteousness. Begin to live a righteous life. Begin to follow him. Begin to live a blameless life. Begin to live a life of integrity. Begin to do what he asks you to do. If he asks you to do something and you don't do it, you can't say, well, God, why didn't you bless me? If, if you don't pay your tithes and offering, how can you expect God to bless your, your finances? That, that's just the simple truth. Matter of fact, the Bible says you're robbing God if you're not paying tithes and offering. Yeah. And I have found in my life, and many people tell me this, the more I give, the more God gives to me. Listen, the man who started Colgate Company ended up giving 90% of his profit to the Lord because he said, what am I going to do with it? And he said, I can't outgive God. The more I give, the more I don't want it. I want to give it to the Lord. And he keeps giving me so much. Seek his righteousness in everything that we do. Now listen, I said this before. Having favor of the Lord doesn't mean that you'll never face hard times. It doesn't mean that you're going to be rich. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be, you know, peachy keen. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything is not going to, nothing will ever go wrong. And I have an example of that because I can only give examples of my life. I know you can give examples of your life, but I'll tell you one of mine. In December of 2013, we lived in Bristow, Oklahoma. We were youth pastors at Bristol First Assembly of God. In August of 2013, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency or Act or whatever it is, shut down our church. The church building itself was on a former site of refinery. And 50 years or however long before that, there had been a major oil spill and it had soaked into the ground, into the earth. And, it, and for some reason, it began to leach back out. And, it, and guess what? It was toxic. And it had been doing it for a long time. No one had ever just, I guess, the EPA had known about it. But for some reason, it got to the point of what they call a Superfund site. And they said, you can't meet in that building anymore. 
And right beside or down, down on the property from the building was the parsonage. Well, as the youth pastor, that, that was, my, was my house. So I, we not only lost our church building, we lost the house. And so we had to find a house. And fortunately, someone in the church said, we have a house that we, we, we used to live in. We've built a new house. No one's living in it. It needs a little work. If you'll help me fix it up, fix some sheetrock and do some flooring and stuff, you can live in that house rent-free and pay the utilities. Because when we lost our church building, we didn't have anywhere to meet. So we began to meet. The Church of God in Bristol was very generous to us, allowed us to come into their church at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. They had morning service. We had afternoon. They had evening. It was a lot of work, but we made it, we made it happen. And, and we thank God for them to do that. Well, as you can imagine, how many of you would like to go to church at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Why do that when you can just go in the morning at the same building? And so we lost some people. And when we lost some people, we lost some income. And when we lose income, we can't pay. So the pastor and I, uh, we took a pay cut. We both did. He didn't just throw me out. He says, we'll both take a pay cut. And so we, we took a pretty good pay cut. At the same time, we lost our house that we were not having to pay for. And so a family blessed us. This was August. In December, we had finished the work. We were living in the house on December the 13th. Now, I'm not a superstitious person. But on Friday the 13th in 2013... Like I said, I, I'm not superstitious, so I don't, I don't tie into that. But it is interesting that on Friday, December the 13th of 2013, lightning struck our house. And it caught on fire. And we were in the house. And it was scary. It looked like a bomb went off. And my ears were ringing. Our kids were running around. They were small. I think Lily was just two at the time, and she's 11 now. And, and so we, we were scared to death. There was snow on the ground outside. It had snowed a few days before. And one of those, like the storm we had the other night where we got woke up to the tornado sirens. One of those thunderstorms came through and lightning, for some reason, decided my house is where it wanted to land. It caught on fire. I fought the fire. I, had, I was stupid. I didn't do what they said and run out. No, I went up and I, it was upstairs, was on fire. I went up there. Ethan's bed was on fire and he wasn't in it, fortunately. It was early enough that they weren't in bed. Thank the Lord. And I went up and I fought the fire. And of course, I, my, I'm coughing and I can't breathe. And stupid, the, the, we had a well water, so there was no water. So I, I was grabbing a pitcher of tea and anything I could find and trying to put the fire out. The fire department came. They got the fire put out. Um, basically, the house was destroyed. It didn't burn to the ground, but the, the lightning destroyed all the electronics in it, all the wiring. Uh, there's holes in the wall. Our Christmas lights that was on the tree were just blown to pieces where it surged through that. Uh, Plug-ins in the wall left holes about that big around in the wall. It was, it, was, it was really scary. The firemen said, we've never seen someone survive being hit like this. We've seen barns hit and the animals are dead. They said, it's amazing. And I said, well, I feel like if we had a camera, I feel like that it would seen a hand over us in the living room protecting us. We loaded up in the car after a couple hours of dealing with the fire department and all this, and it was freezing cold because, like I said, there was still snow on the ground. It was raining, and, and we got the, the kids had went out to the car immediately afterwards, and I had fought the fire and the fire. We, we, we hadn't left because we had nowhere to go. We got in the car. We got a hotel. It was about 30 minutes away, uh, maybe a little more than that. I don't know, but it was, it was a little ways away. There wasn't a good hotel in, in Bristol, and so we found uh, whatever that little town is down the road from there. 
We found a hotel. We loaded up. It's, it's dark and it's late. We're all exhausted. We're, we're traumatized. We're in shock and everything. And uh, some people from the church we'd called, they'd come out. And so we, we, we were able to make sure everything was okay in the house to leave it. And we loaded up some clothes in the car. We got in the car and we no longer driven down the road uh, just a little ways. And Lily, who was two years old, and I guess from all of everything that had happened, uh, she threw up. And she, it was in the back seat. It was Ethan, Lily, and Michaela. And when she threw up, it went over everybody. Now, that's normal about a little kid. Kids have, you know, stomach problems, things like that. But you got to remember, we had no house. We had no church. We had nowhere to go. And we're 30 or so minutes from the hotel. And so we called somebody at the church that had been there. And uh, we went to their house. And they were, they were man, we're so thankful for them because they helped us clean up. And we had to get a car seat. And we had to get town. It was a mess. Still raining, freezing cold. So... Much later that night, we got to the hotel, and once we got the kids settled down, and, and, and we got everybody, you know, checked in, settled down, and in bed, and they finally, they, they just crashed. They were so exhausted, and I, I sat down in the chair, and the reality hit me. You don't have a home. You're homeless. You barely have a job. What are you going to do? And I remember the tears wanted to go. But I sat there and, and, I, and I sat there and, and the anger started to well up and, and all these emotions because I hadn't had a chance to stop and let the reality hit me of where I was at at that moment. And I said, Lord, you brought me here. I'm not here for me. That's not my house. That's not my church. It's yours. This is, this is my family and you brought my family here. You did that, not me. I'm not going to worry about it. Because I didn't put myself in this situation. I'm here because you led me here. And I wasn't blaming the Lord, but I was saying, Lord, this is not my mess. I'm not going to sit and dwell on it. I'm not going to sit up all night worrying about it because you brought me here. I know you brought me here and I know you've got something for me. And that was a whole different story than what happened years before in my life. I would have been panicked and, 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 and been crying and, and bawling like a baby. When the reality hit me, you don't have a house, you got nowhere to go, where are you going to go tomorrow? You can go back home to your family three and a half hours away. What are you going to do? Don't have any money. What are you going to do? And I said, Lord, uh-uh. Or I didn't say Lord, uh-uh. I said, devil, I said, you're not going to defeat me. And I said, God, this is yours. You take it. I give it to the Lord. And you know what I did? I laid down and I went to sleep. I didn't think about it again. I don't know how I did it. It had to have been God. That's that peace that passes all understanding. Had to be. And you know what? The next morning we got up and we went and, and we met with our pastor and, and which he had come out that night and we, we went out to the house and we looked at it and we gathered up some things that we needed and we had nowhere to put stuff. Uh, a lot of it was destroyed, but we, we gathered up some clothes and some things and, and, and he said, hey, the church is going to pay for you a couple nights in a hotel till you can kind of get things together. And so, uh, uh, and, and our parents came up and they said, we'll help you, we, you know, and, and, and they actually gathered up some stuff that they could take back that we could put in storage and different things. And, and we worked it. And, and for a month, a month, we walked day to day in the Lord saying, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, Lord. I don't have a house yet. Can't find a house. It's right before Christmas. My kids are, they finished the school year or they, I think they was, they were just about out. So they only had a couple days and so we went ahead and pulled them out. And so we had a couple weeks before they had to go back to school. And I said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm telling you something, God, every day provided a way. 
And listen, there were some days I would wake up in the morning in a hotel and, and, we, and during Christmas, we sent our kids back home to, to grandparents, let them stay there instead of, and, and so if, there were some days I woke up in the hotel and I could pull out my wallet and I'd say, Lord, do I need to drive home? Do I need to go to mom and dad's? Because I don't have money to pay for another night in the hotel. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't even have a church. We could have crashed in the fellowship hall. We didn't have church. We don't have anything. But I said, Lord, whatever you do, that's what's going to happen. Because I can't do it. There's nothing I can do. And every day the Lord provided. Someone would call, hey, we want to bless you. We want to help you. Somebody, listen, there was three churches that sent us an offering that they took up that enabled us to get a house, to find some, to pay rent and to, to get all the things that we needed. And it seemed like every day God would open up a door somewhere for us to be able to stay. And if it was just my wife and I, we didn't have the kids, we could crash with someone. And there was people, Hey, why don't y'all come stay at our house now? Hey, let us take you out to eat. Hey, let us, let us help you. Cause again, I didn't even have an office to go sit in. We could go to that church and hang out with the church of God staff. They didn't really like that as much. They didn't know us, but I'm telling you, God's favor, I saw it each and every day. Now, what did I do to deserve that? Not a thing. I simply followed him. I simply feared him enough that when he said, go, I went. I simply said, anything, Lord, that you ask me, I'll do the best that I can. And God showed me his favor. And I want to tell you something. God's favor is still real today. God's favor is just as great today as it ever has been. I could tell you five stories of different things that have happened to me that are that magnitude. That if it wasn't for God's favor, I would have been destroyed. That sawmill I worked at, I got laid off. Didn't have any prospects for a job. 250 people got laid off in that same day. They shut down the plywood division. I curled up. I was a young man. Ethan was about a year old. I curled up in my bathtub and cried because I didn't know what to do. God began to show me his favor, and he's never stopped. David says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children That's begging right. for bread. Because the righteous receive favor from the Lord. Yes, they do. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk out of God's favor. Right. I want to continue to receive his favor. I don't want to be his favorite. That would be a big thing. That would demand the pressure of being God's favorite person on earth. Man, can you imagine? Whew. But I want his favor in everything that I do. How about you? Hey, stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful for your favor that you've shown me. Your favor that you've given to me and my family. God, I thank you for the favor you've shown to this church, Lord. I thank you for your favor that's there. God, we're not your favorite because that would mean that we're better than someone. We're not better than anyone. But Lord, those of us who fear you, who seek you, who follow you, and Lord, who find your righteousness in everything that they do, God will receive your favor. And as David said, we've never been forsaken. We've never seen our children begging for bread. Even when it seemed like that was the only way to be, God, you've never abandoned us. Because of your righteousness, because of your sovereignty, because of your goodness. And Father, we love you for that this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we know we can lean on you when there's nowhere else to lean. And you'll never, you'll never leave us. We love you for that. We thank you. Hallelujah. If every head bowed, never eye closed this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, I, I don't really know the Lord. Listen, you talk about knowing the Lord and fearing the Lord and following his righteousness. I, I don't even have a relationship with him. Man, today you can make that right. 
today, you can have a relationship with Jesus. And I know we're a lot of home folk here, but maybe you're here and you'd say, I, there's something in my life I haven't been living right and I need to make sure it's right because I want to receive God's favor. Maybe I haven't been seeking his righteousness. Maybe I haven't been fearing him in all my decisions and respecting and seeking him in all my decisions. Maybe I'm not following his teaching. I know better than what I do because I know that it's not God's way. If that's you this morning, if you just lift your hand up, I just want to pray with you this morning because I want nothing more than to see everybody walk in God's favor. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you say, I need, to, I need a relationship with Jesus or I need to reestablish that relationship so I can receive his favor, so I can be in his will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I could use some of God's favor. I think we all could say that. Amen. If you're here this morning, I, I just want to see when we raise our hand, we signify to the Lord. Yes, Lord. If you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I, I just need more of God's favor in my life. Maybe, maybe you're receiving it and you may not see it. There's times in my life I can think back, I, I, I can see God's favor. I can see how God was moving and intervening in my life and I didn't even realize it because maybe I was so busy worrying about something or so busy doing something. But you're here and you'd say, I, I want more of God's favor. Just lift your hand up. Just, just share with the Lord. So Lord, I, I want more of your favor in my life. Lord, I need more of you. And basically that's what we're saying. God, I need more of you in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you see those that are here. Lord, you see them. God, you see their desire for more of you. And God, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Because even as I said, as my children want to spend more time with me, I want to bless them more. I want to be with them and I want to do more with them. God, it's my desire that all of my children want to spend all their time with me. And God, I know it's your desire that all your children to spend time with you. Not necessarily all of our time, but God, it's your desire that we spend time with you every day. And God, as we reach out and we spend time with you, God, you're going to bless us. Lord, I pray that be our desire. I pray that be what we seek every day is to spend more time with you, Lord, to look to you for everything that we do, Lord, to seek your righteousness, God, and we'll receive your favor. We'll receive your blessings. And God, I, I pray that you begin to open doors that have been closed. I pray that you begin to pour out blessings, Lord, that have been stopped for some reason. God, I pray that you begin to allow your favor to move in the lives of each one here in ways that they haven't seen before, in ways that they don't understand. But God, because of your favor, because as they draw close to you, you'll draw close to them. And Lord, we praise you for that tonight. I thank you, God, right now for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're about to do. And we love you and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Don't forget, come out tonight. Spend some time today in prayer. For those of you that are going to make a decision tonight, uh, seek God's favor. Seek God's wisdom. Seek his direction because that's what we want. Man, I don't want to walk anywhere that's not the way the Lord is leading. And so we want God's will. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great day. There's honey in the rock, water in the storm.